Hey friends, welcome back to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of what are called 52 Lord's Days. In its current form, the Heidelberg Catechism consists of 129 questions and answers, all of which we are going to explore together and have been in the past few episodes. Today, we are in episode number 10. In our last couple of podcasts, we have been focusing on the triune nature of God. We begin with God the Father, and we are still going to talk a little bit about God the Father, but in this case... Today, in Lord's Day number 10, we are going to primarily focus on God's providence. But what is God's providence? You may or may not be familiar with it, so I'd like to just read to you a few definitions of God's providence and set the context for you. I borrow my content again from Dr. Norman Geisler in his systematic theology book, Volume 2, God in Creation. God's providence relates to his sovereignty or governance, and it denotes the fact of his control of all things. God is not only the producer of creation, the maker of all things, he is also the preserver of it. So in other words, just to define a few terms. First, creation explains the world's existence, its coming to be. Preservation explains the world's continuance, its continuing to be. And God's providence explains the world's control, its direction of being. I know, folks, we are diving into some deep theological waters here, but stick with me. The word providence comes from the Latin pro and video, which mean foresight. Although providence is sometimes used to include God's sustenance and preservation of the universe, it is here used of how he governs it. Augustus H. Strong provides us with this quote, Providence is that continuous agency of God by which he makes all the events of the physical and moral universe fulfill the original design with which he created it. In other words, it relates to the means by which he controls his creation so as to accomplish his sovereign will for it. Back to the Heidelberg Catechism, listen to the first question in Lord's Day number 10. What do you understand by the providence of God? The answer given is, the Almighty, everywhere present power of God, whereby, as it were, by His hand, He still upholds heaven and earth with all creatures. And so He governs them, that herbs and grass and rain and drought and fruitful and barren years and meat and drink and health and sickness, riches and poverty, indeed all things, come not by chance but by his fatherly hand. Note here that they evoke God's fatherly hand. In other words, they're talking about the first member of the Trinity. God certainly holds everything by the strength of his might. Notice the references to herbs and grass and rain and drought and fruitful and barren years and so forth and so on from the answer of the Heidelberg Catechism. It is rooted in Scripture. Acts chapter 14 verse 17 says, Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness and that he did good. He gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Psalm 103:19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Now folks, there are a few views about God's involvement in creation. The three main ones are theism, deism, and atheism. 
Let's begin in reverse order. Atheism claims that there is no God. Deism believes that there is a God, but he is impersonal. He is simply not relatable. He is a type of watchmaker who made a watch, created it, and left it to run itself. And finally, there is the theistic worldview to which I hold that means which states and believes that God is a personal God. He is not only personal, he's also thoughtful, careful, he's universal, he's particular, effectual, and supernatural. Let me unpack each of these. Providence is personal because God is a personal being who is concerned about the persons and things that he has made. Providence is thoughtful because God is an intelligent person who takes thought in the care of his creation. Providence is careful because God is a loving person who cares for his creature. Providence is universal because God is all-knowing, all-loving, and hence, he knows and cares for all that he has made. And three final things about providence. Providence is particular because in God's omniscience, nothing escapes notice of his omnibenevolent care. He's also effectual because God is omnipotent and nothing hinders the accomplishment of his will. He can do anything that is possible to do. And finally, God's providence is supernatural because the all-powerful God exists beyond the natural world and is able to intervene in it. Friends, this should give us great hope. God certainly is a personal God. He is so personal that he actually came down to earth to save us from damnation, to save us from the consequences of our sin. He is not far removed from us at all. Now the Heidelberg Catechism offers another question in Lord's Day number 10, and it is this question. What does it profit us to know that God created and by his providence upholds all things? Well, it behooves us to know that God is certainly personal and he's well acquainted with every single one of our needs, no matter what that need is. The Heidelberg Catechism offers us this answer to the question, that we may be patient in adversity, thankful in prosperity, and for what is future, have good confidence in our faithful God and Father, that no creature shall separate us from his love since all creatures are so in his hand that without his will they cannot so much as move here several bible verses come to mind for instance romans 5 starting in verse 3 not only that but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because god's love has been poured out in our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us Further, listen to the beautiful words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 35 and 38 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For I am persuaded, verse 38, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature thing or created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's providence gives us the assurance that all things hold together in Him and that all things do work for our good and not only that, that nothing can separate us from His love and from His care. As Paul said in his famous sermon in Acts chapter 17 in the Areopagus, in him we live and move and have our being. Going back to the second question of the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day number 10, which is, 
What does it profit us to know that God created and by his providence upholds all things? I remind you and me of God's own care for us. In the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, we have a perfect picture of God's providence. Let me read it to you as a reminder. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, and what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day, it's its own trouble. When we take these words to heart and trust in the providence of God, we have freedom, we have peace, and we are blessed. Thanks for listening. I am your host, Daniel Messina. And until our next podcast, stay encouraged encourage others, and keep growing in Christ.